0: hey guys welcome back to liturgy and lore the podcast that looks at the fringe and the supernatural from a reformed christian worldview i'm pastor andy and i'm brother evan and today we're continuing spooky season by discussing contacting the dead so without further ado let's uh, cross over
1: I like that one. I think this was an improvement from last week, uh, Pastor Andy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey guys, welcome back. This is Pastor Andy along with Brother Evan. Welcome back to Spooky Season. We're glad you're with us. Today we're going to be talking about contacting the dead and mediums, Ouija boards, all that fun stuff. But before we get into that, Brother Evan, how you doing?
1: I'm doing really good. We uh, are big uh, sports fans here. We've mentioned several times that we're just outside of Philadelphia. So for those that celebrate, uh, happy Red October as the Phils move on to the NLCS. So yeah, no, this is like one of my favorite times of year, not just for spooky season, but uh, as a sports fan, we got playoff baseball going on. Uh, we're getting into the thick of it with football season. Basketball's even started in the preseason. Just, yeah, it's a, it's a good time of the year. Um, weather's finally hitting my favorite stride of it, of cooling down a little bit. So just things are really good here on my end. How are you doing, Pastor Andy?
0: I'm good. Those same things. Go Phillies. Excited. My blood pressure's been up a lot, though, because yes. of the Phillies. We, last night, Brother Evan and I sent our... We have our smartwatches on, and they were giving our heart rate. And <laughs> it said I was in the fat-burning zone at one point.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm a, a little tired, so uh, if you guys hear me dozing off at all, it's snoring out. It was a late night last night watching the game. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm good. I, I've been busy, um, but all good stuff. One thing that's a little bit disappointing is tomorrow our plan was to go to a local uh, Sasquatch Bigfoot Festival in Lancaster. They had a, uh, it's called the Albatwitch Festival, and Albatwitch is the Lancaster County, Pennsylvania version of a Bigfoot. It's rumored to be a smaller ape, but one that steals apples and throws them at people, and we were really excited to go. I was taking the whole family, and now it looks like it's supposed to rain all day tomorrow, so probably not going, unfortunately, but hey
1: such is life but other than that things are good the listeners are gonna have to wait a year to to hear from us uh reporting back from the alba twitch festival but hey that gives us a whole year to tease it so <laughs> yeah i really did
0: plan to record some stuff while we were there just like fun stuff but oh well yeah but uh we have some some fun things going today we have our first five-star review of the week so thank you we've been getting lots of five-star reviews on different platforms but Uh, We got one that left a comment and something fun to read. So, Brother Evan, since, well, we'll see why in a second, but do you want (laughs) to read this one this time for
1: us? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm excited to read this one. Uh, I have a pretty good idea who might have left it. This is uh, Chitown Scott says, fun and thought-provoking podcast that even my kids like. Bigfoot, aliens, giants, plus the gospel and theology. Liturgy and lore comes at things from a different and fun angle. Pastor Andy and Brother Evan are producing a podcast that even my kids enjoy and that I've shared with others when they ask some questions about some of the Bible's weird passages. Hashtag Team Brother Evan. So there we go. The The challenge is out there. The gauntlet's been thrown down. Chi-Town Scott's putting it out there that uh, Team Evan has some fans. So,
0: Yeah, are you a Brother Evan guy <laughs> or are you a Pastor Andy guy? Let us know on our social yeah. media. Hurt my feelings. Go for it. <laughs> But, hey, you can hurt my feelings for a five-star review and a follow. So <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm a, I'm a Brother Evan guy, too. So <laughs> that works. So thank you. What was it, Shytown town Scott? Yep. Thank you for that. Um, we're excited. Leave us reviews. We'll read them on air uh, when we get them. So, yeah, it's exciting. But I think without further ado, it's time for a little Weird Around the World. <laughs> Weird Around the World. Weird Around <laughs> the all right. We got two weird around the world today. One is pretty heavy and dark, and one is more fun and light. I thought we'd start with the darker one. Yeah, let's get that and, out of the improve way. Improve our mood a little <laughs> bit. So uh, I do want to give a quick disclaimer for parents. As shytown town Scott just told us, he listens to our podcast with his kids. The next, This article is a little bit PG-13, I would say. I'm going to try and edit out some of the more mature parts, but you might want to just skip ahead 5 minutes or so in the podcast. Uh brother Evan, you can put the timestamp in.
1: Yeah, once we uh once we get this all edited in everything like that, I'll throw the timestamp of uh when we start weird around the world and when we get into the actual uh article.
0: Yeah. Nothing too crazy. Like I said, we'll keep it PG-13, but you might want to skip ahead. I'll give you a, I'll fill the gap here, fill the space, <laughs> give you a couple seconds to decide and click ahead. And you should have had enough time by now. <laughs> So, I'm going to read the headline. Our first headline comes from Insider, uh, and it says, Jason Derulo, if you don't know, he's a, or was a famous singer, I guess is a famous singer, R&B singer. Jason Derulo told a singer to partake in sex rituals and sacrifice a goat to succeed in music, lawsuit says. And so, it's exactly what it sounds like, Uh, the kind of headline or the bullets at the beginning Artist Jason Derulo sexually harassed a young female singer, according to a new lawsuit. The plaintiff says Derulo pressured her to have sex with him to advance her career. And Gibson says she suffered mental, physical health problems after his actions, including PTSD. But all of that is sad and something that is to be, should, she should get some justice if it's true. But I feel like those points at the top kind of buried the part that makes this weird around the world. Yeah. And here, I'll read that paragraph. It says, the lawsuit says Derulo told the woman she would have to partake in, and this is quotes, goat skin and fish scales, which is a Haitian reference referring to conducting sex rituals, sacrificing a goat, goat blood, and doing cocaine in order to succeed in the music industry. Pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, it goes from like all these kind of voodoo whatever, you know, I mean, ritual type stuff. And then all of a sudden thrown in and doing cocaine in there. It's kind of a different list and very, uh, yeah. Little, uh, anxiety inducing, I guess, um, makes you uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. And and the reason I picked this is again, sadly, we've, we've hear of people in power using that to abuse people, but this is now in official court documents and people will have to swear under oath and say things that, um, talks about drinking goats blood and killing a goat and doing these Haitian voodoo things to succeed in the music industry which is i don't know my whole life these have been rumors and and conspiracy theories that the entertainment industry is owned by you know the satanic elite or or things like that and now we have someone actually pressing charges against a singer saying that they did these things and that always opens it up to an investigation too cuz there's going to be it is a civil case it's not a legal case so the, the burden of proof is lower, but you are opening things up to different kinds of uh, scrutiny, right? And yeah. different kinds of discovery and things. So I expect this probably to go away, to be honest. It's from October 7th. It's recent, the article. But yeah, I kind of expect this to settle and go away. But what do you think, Brother
1: Evan? Yeah, I think it's like you said, it's one of those things that it's almost like the crazy articles you see while you're waiting in line to check out at the grocery store. Like, yeah, those kind of level conspiracies is now actually coming to court. So that's kind of, I think the the wild part to it is it's something that uh you'd hear, like I'm thinking back to being a teenager and you hear the older conservative lady at church telling you that you need to watch out for the music industry because it's run by a bunch of Satanists and stuff yeah. like that. And you know what I mean? And you roll your eyes and walk away as a teenager. And yep. now there's something that's very similar to that, that is coming out in court documents. Now, again, obviously I don't know one way or the other, you know what I mean? Right now we don't. Have a whole lot to go off of other than this, you know I mean, and hopefully sure, like you said, if this is true, this woman gets justice and that it would shed light on some dark things that are going on, but also too, there's a part of my brain, obviously, I don't want this to have happened to her, but I also hope that it's not someone taking those ideas that we've heard for all these years, like you said, like it's like yeah. you've heard since you were a kid as well, using that as a fabrication to try to get some money in a failed career or a disgruntlement over something else, and obviously I don't want to. Say that anyone is lying about anything because we don't know one way or the other. Sure, because he's denying that entirely at this point too. He hasn't admitted to it. Further in the article, he is now. Obviously, I wouldn't expect him to come out and be like, "Oh, you got me." You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like right now, it's just someone's word against another. Um, so I want to. I just always try to be very careful in these situations and before putting any sort of verdict on anyone. You know what I mean the court of public opinion or whatever it's called. I just try to kind of wait to see what's happening. Obviously, if it did, it's horrific and terrible and needs to be handled. And the same, though, if it didn't, it needs to be handled, the fact that it didn't happen and this is being said about yeah. somebody. Uh, well, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts?
0: <laughs> yeah, my only thought is, you know, I'm always a little skeptical when people go the civil route rather than pressing criminal charges because uh, it's a lot. There, there are more things for the victim to gain from a monetary from a monetary standpoint in a civil suit, right, right? so like I'm again, I am not disparaging this woman. This could be totally true, yep, but we have heard stories, unfortunately, where people are trying to extort or get money or something like that, and they in those situations, they tend to you know they go for the civil suit because they know, oh, you'll settle or the burden of proof is just not as high now, if this is true, she should sue and get some money for it. Yeah. So again, I'm not saying she's wrong. It's it's also reminded me of like, this is not the first I've heard of this. I've heard even like, there's a, um, a Christian rapper named Bizzle. He yeah. put out a song called, I think it's called Explaining, Explaining to Do. It's about Jay-Z. If you look up Bizzle, Jay-Z diss, I think. Now this was early in his Christian career. So he uses some choice language, but he talks about like, I heard all these things about Jay-Z and the Masons and Illuminati and satanic stuff going on in the music industry. And there's been lots of people who have said, hey, I got asked to do some crazy stuff to be in the music industry. And so, yeah, I'm like, I could see this going either way. Yeah. I guess is what I'm saying. Like, yep. totally could be true. I think one interesting part's kind of down further. She says, this sort of, this is, I forget who it is, if it's the lawyer, but basically this sort of conduct is pervasive, but it takes people like this to come out of the shadows and share their stories. The entire music industry is due for a Me Too movement. And that actually brought that to mind. Like, okay, it took a couple people speaking out against um, what's his name, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, is that his name? You know, yeah. like in the acting world. And it wasn't. It was demonic in conduct, but it wasn't demonic like literally, as in it wasn't they drinking were worshiping goat's, blood. goats. Yeah, but because one person said something, then it blew up. And so right. I'm like, well, maybe that would happen here, and things would start to come out. Maybe we're in a, a day of awakening to this kind of stuff that happens. So, yeah, that that. That's all my thoughts on that one. We can move on to the the happier one. Parents, you're free to listen now. (laughs) Yeah, bring the kids Um, back in the room if you want. Bring the kids back in the room because the next one is fun. And I'm going to read this from the New York Post. And it says that you may have seen this. This was pretty popular this week. Uh, We're recording this on October 13th. And this is from New York Post. It says, Bigfoot spotted in Colorado in broad daylight, and it's all on camera. We're convinced so there was a video, there was a, I believe they're on a train in Colorado, there's a couple and they are, I oh know it says sitting to rest, but they were moving at first, it looked like. Anyway, they have this video where it looks like they found Bigfoot walking around in broad daylight and he walks across the screen and then he sits down in the grass and he's kind of flesh, or not flesh, uh, the fur is kind of the same color as the grass. So, you know, like camouflage, And... I've heard people say he looks like he's sitting down to go to the bathroom, (laughs) but yeah, so pretty cool. There's, this could be a really cool sighting. And if you go, you can find this video online and he walks across, sits down. It looks like they said he looked six to seven feet tall. Yeah. What do you think?
1: Uh, so I think it's fun. Um, I'll start off with that. I actually, the first place I even saw this was like, I think it was barstool sports posted a link. I didn't click into it, but I saw that they were even talking about it. Um, it popped up on my Facebook. But uh, yeah, watching the video, I'm not convinced by this one, unfortunately. To me, it feels very hoaxy. And I think as someone that is a Bigfoot believer, I might be even more critical of this kind of stuff almost, just because I feel like that's how you get to the truth is when you are very critical instead of jumping on every sighting. Just the behavior of it, I feel like, and now I'm not an expert. I'm not like the guys that are doing this for a living studying it, but like, The behavior of it just doesn't feel like something you would see with a Bigfoot. Everything I've seen and read, they're not really looking to be out in the open for a long period of time. Like, if they're in the open, it's because they're passing through to somewhere else. Yeah. They're not going to just pop squat right there in the (laughs) middle of that with a train going by, turning its head to look at the train as it goes by. It just, to me, has a lot of, I don't know if I want to say red flags because it's not that serious for red flags, but... (laughs) It just – yeah, it it definitely uh, – a few sensors start going off in my brain of this does not feel right um, to me for what I've read and seen on Bigfoots. But, hey, I could be totally wrong, and maybe someone had a really cool sighting, and I'm being the party pooper, not having fun with it. What yeah. do you think, Pastor Andy?
0: Yeah, I – it's kind of suspect. So here's what I saw about trains. I knew I read something about trains. So apparently this was a pretty remote area, but – there were scheduled to be trains that go through the area. So if somebody wanted to pull off a hoax, this would be a place that might be good to do it because the train's going to come by, you could do something. And I'm wondering if maybe they were trying to pull off the hoax, these hikers or whatever were sitting down and saw it. And they were like, oh shoot, sit down. Yeah, so I I did a little bit of looking stuff up, but one of the hosts, I don't know how you say his name um, or her name, Myria Mayer, who is from uh, Expedition Bigfoot, said that, I don't know if this person's a guy or a girl, thinks it's a hoax. (laughs) I think it's a woman. Said it looked to her, and she's a paleontologist, a primatologist. She said it looks Mm. like a human in a suit, in an ill-fitting suit. And yeah, so I I, I would lean towards hoax too, but it'd be cool if it wasn't. I mean, and it's getting buzz, so might as well talk about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I still think it's a fun video, and to be honest, most of the Bigfoot videos out there probably are hoaxes you know what i mean or misidentification so if they're gonna pop up we probably are gonna run into a lot of them but i don't want to be the guy that doesn't talk about the one that ends up being real
0: (laughs) yeah oh it does say here they saw it on a train okay it says out of hundreds of people on the train three or four of us actually saw it i don't know what you all believe but we think it's real that's what the the person who actually saw it said i don't let me be clear i don't think that the their names are the parkers i don't think that they are behind the hoax. i agree From reading it. It sounds like they really were on this train. Um, They says they were looking out and they had their phones out because they were looking for elk in Colorado. And there was this creature walking through the grass, like out in the middle of nowhere. But it's right along a train track. So that's why I'm like, I think if anybody was trying to hoax somebody, that would be the place to do it. There is, there are sightings in this area. It says it is like a Bigfoot hotspot area. So if you were trying to hoax it, go out there and do it that way. Sounds pretty, like a, a pretty common thing to think if you wanted to pull off a hoax. Yeah. Uh, there's also a group near there. It's some RV thing called like Sasquatch, our Sasquatch Expedition Campers, which is an RV company. And so immediately people were like, oh, it's them doing this as like free publicity. But it doesn't sound like it is them. It sounds like they are actually taking, They they said it's not us. And so I don't know why they would do it if they were... You're not going to claim it then, or, right. or try to capitalize. But anyway, I think
1: hoax. Yeah, unfortunately. Yep, I agree.
0: All right. Well, that was weird around the world. Pretty fun, but well, one was fun and <laughs> one was very much not. Yeah. All right. So let's. Uh, I guess then dive into our topic for the day, brother Evan. Unless you have anything else.
1: No. Uh, this will be a good spinoff of, of off of last week's episode. Uh, if you guys yeah. didn't listen to last week's that dropped Ghosts. Go ahead and listen to that because it'll probably be a nice uh, spinoff into this one.
0: Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. You you might want to catch up. We're not going to rehash a lot from last week, uh, what we think ghosts are and things like that, but I'm sure it'll come up. Uh, so today we are talking kind of the next step of that is contacting the dead. Can we talk to these ghosts if ghosts exist or... Last week, we said we don't think ghosts exist in the way that they're popularly portrayed, as in dead people walking around. We think they're probably demons or, or some kind of spirit instead. But can we contact the dead anyway? Maybe that's not what a ghost is. It's, these are, to me, related, but not the same question. Right? Maybe I can talk to a, a, the spirit of a dead person some other way.
1: That isn't on this side of, in our reality.
0: Yeah, yeah, like maybe I can, that's why we made the joke even in the p- the beginning, crossover. So, yeah, why did I pick this one? Well, because it's crazy popular right now. It's spooky season, first of all, right? It's October. But we have TV shows all over, like Ghost Adventures, Ghost Hunters. Uh, there was the popular one, Crossing Over, if you remember that
1: one from a while ago, where he'd have all the people in like a room and he'd just pick people out. Oh, too. yeah. I remember, I think that was from like when we were kids growing up right yeah like maybe it's a little older
0: yeah it was it's definitely older a yeah. little older uh, and then there's long island medium which is a popular one that's out there now there's also one i don't remember the name with like celebrity like my celebrity like my
1: celebrity haunting or something
0: there there's a the ghost one but there's also they do like seances uh, and okay. mediumship with that so it's everywhere yeah these shows are w- wildly popular they're all over the place Uh, I did some digging and found some stuff from – these are a mix of stats from both the Pew Research Group and Barna Research Group. But Barna tells us over 80% of people – I think this was Americans – believe in life after death of some kind. That's a big number, actually, that I I did not think would be totally true. 80% of people believe there's something after death. Now, we would be in that category. Christians would be in that category. But it also includes everyone that believes in – anything after this, right? Reincarnation yep. would be part of that. Yeah, so that could be anything. So that that's the first part. There's a desire or at least some kind of, it feels like natural belief that this isn't it. When we die, that's not the end of our consciousness. 34% of Americans believe that we can communicate with those that die, which is kind of a big number. That's, that's huge, bigger than I thought it would be. Yeah, one in three, Yeah. right? And then 15%, according to Pew, research say that they've actually done it in the last year communicated with the dead
1: now do you know if that's 15 sorry i'm a nerd so i get into the stats of things uh is that 15 percent of americans in general like that they polled or is it 15 percent of that 34 percent that believe that they can communicate with the dead
0: i'm almost certain it's 30 or it's 15 percent total Wow. Not 15% of the 34%. So, like, more than one in 10. (laughs) That's crazy. That's like one in seven, maybe
1: one in eight, something like that. If it really is 15% of all Americans, that's a huge difference from just 15% of that 34%. That is a very large number from what I would have expected something like that to be.
0: Yeah, it is not 15% of the 34. It's 15% of Americans. That is wild. Now, it did have different categories of how they've contact, or it didn't specify what contact means okay. for communicating with the dead. So, don't know what that means. If it means directly talking to, if, you know, it's self-reported too. So, it's kind of hard to know what that could
1: be and everyone probably defines it different it could be someone that says oh i saw a cardinal the other day when i was really sad and my grandmother loved cardinals so that was her contacting me to say it's going to be okay like that it could be that It could be that or it could be hey i had a conversation with uh my late uncle and we talked for an hour audibly
0: (laughs) yeah what the important part of that though is that 15% of Americans think that they can talk to dead spirits, the spirits of dead
1: people way higher than I thought. I thought it would have been in the single digits, lower single digits.
0: I mean, I don't know. It is super popular in my experience and I know it's, it's just my experience, but I would say that it's high, but it tracks. I mean, I know so many people who say, well, this butterfly came by and that was my dead mother reminding me, like you said, with the Cardinal. Yeah. Like a lot of people, I know lots of people say like, yeah, they're still, this is more than watching over me or I felt their presence in this place or something mm-hmm. like that, because I do think that's different than like, I can't. I communicated with them. So yeah, so that's part of why I wanted to do this one. It's one I've wanted to do since we started this podcast and want to do more than just this. So that, that's why it was because it's so popular right now in our actual belief and in TV shows, things like that movies. I mean, if you have been keeping track, movies and TV shows have gotten so much darker in the last five years or so to the point that we have kid shows that are about this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about it. It's worth talking about because people believe it anyway. Let's set the record straight and say, what do Christians believe? So for history of this, a lot of it's, it's been going on since forever, pretty much, right? Like, I don't say Adam and Eve did it, but like pretty early on in human history, we've wanted to talk to our deceased friends, relatives, ancestors, all of that kind of stuff. We Part of that, we'll get into why in a minute, but when it really became popular, at least in the way we think of it today, was that same spiritualist movement that we've talked about from the mid-1800s that was very popular. It was when you would get together with your friends like i was reading articles about this being like a a normal activity for like high society to get together and it's like the
1: wealthy people right
0: it was everybody but yeah the well the wealthy would get together on a saturday night perform some kind of seance and then most of them would go to church on sunday because that was still when christianity was kind of the norm and and going to church were the norm and they actually did not see a lot of contradiction between the two which is kind of crazy to me Hmm. but yeah, it, another big piece of this is that uh, these beliefs kind of rise in times of uncertainty, right? We're scared. We don't want to die. When you live in a very materialistic, w- materialism tends to be the dominant view, or not the dominant view, but rise when things are good. And by materialism, I don't mean materialist view. I don't mean like I want a lot of stuff. I mean like what I see is what I get. Yeah, scientific Everything is measurable. Method, A Naturalist, so- Yeah. But when things are uncertain, we want something deeper because the Bible tells us we have we long for that. Right? We we have this the image of God written on us. So uh, we feel better. Like this is a little bit of a band-aid in my opinion. We feel better when we can talk to a dead person to tell us it's not that scary. Right? Well, it doesn't sound as scary.
1: Yeah, and well that tracks with what you're saying too. It's like this goes back pretty much as far as we have recorded history. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of like when you think of the different people groups and stuff like that going back to like aztecs and the mayas and like even going back like that and even further you know what i mean i'm just saying something that like come yeah. to mind right away but they looked to their ancestors for guidance and how to move forward and in a time where you know what i mean you're i mean they were very well off as far as societies you know i mean during that time and everything but like yeah. it still was a harsher way of life than what we have now where like as far as getting your next meal and you know what I mean? Who's going to be your yep. king of your city state and stuff like that. So you're looking to your ancestors in times of uncertainty to guide you through it. Or, I mean, look at shows like The Lion King. Simba, <laughs> talk mm-hmm. to your, your ancestors. Uh, your dad will guide your dead dad will guide you. <laughs> yeah. And
0: in the U.S. with that spiritualist movement, it was in the mid 1800s. If you know your history, the big event around then was civil war. Mm-hmm. and lots and lots of Americans lost their lives, and Americans wanted to, a lot of young ones. So you can imagine a mom wants to reach her, a, a, you know, a 40-year-old woman, 40-year-old man, want to reach their 18-year-old son who just died. You know, that that tracks, as the kids say, these days, right? So yep. that that just seems to be how they're, they grow. So how does it happen? This is kind of a big one. Like, what are the methods, I guess, is... Is important and what are we talking about today there's lots of practices but the big three that i wanted to talk about were through seances mediums and then kind of like we could call it like tools Mm. like think about a ouija board uh something like that and so seances for those listening are kind of just group gatherings where you would collectively call out to the spirit world and want to try to get somebody call back you know i'm gonna ask my aunt Sally to come and talk to us here. That's a seance. A medium is the person who typically leads a seance, but they can also, it's someone with a gift. Usually they, they say they have a gift um, for reaching the spirit world and you can see them one on one or in a seance. Seances and mediums do go together sometimes, but they can also be separate, separate things. <clears throat> and then the tools are things that are used in those seances or with the mediums or not, right? They're kind of yeah. these things that you can use to talk to the dead. Um, we're Um, think- When I say tools, I'm thinking Ouija board. So uh anything about those three kind of things, seance mediums or Ouija boards or anything we've said so far, Brother Evan, that you want to say? I've been talking a lot. So,
1: well, number one, I don't think I've been, I don't know if uncomfortable is the right word, but that's what I'm going to use for now until I think of something sure. better. With any of the topics we've really touched on, but this one, like, it gives me, like, an uneasy feeling down my spine, just kind of going through them, just yeah. as kind of like a to kind of give where I'm coming from going into this. Yeah, it definitely makes me a little more on edge. I think these things are, yeah. Well, I won't go too far until I would tell you get into uh some later stuff on it, but just kind of at this high level stage of things, as we're just kind of giving an overview. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely something that's super popular, and I think it's been we've been very desensitized to it. Yeah. Just, I mean, like you're saying, like Ouija boards, like that's a game that a kid can go and buy at Target. You know what I mean? Or it's in like mm-hmm. you see people playing with it in sitcoms, and it turns into like the focal point of a big gag or something like that. Yeah. Or I mean, the Haunted Mansion at Disney World is focused around seances. You know what I mean? Like it's just something that is yeah. just a part of fun, quote unquote, <laughs> in our culture yeah. almost too. And there is definitely a a darker side to all of all this as well too. But yeah,
0: yeah, so. I thought maybe we could talk about Ouija boards, or Ouija is how some people say it, before we went a little further. I'll give you a little history of them. They were, so there's all, it's actually pretty mysterious. Like, where do they come from on a higher scale, like on a, a, what am I looking for? In a holistic sense, like where did they start in general? What are their roots? Um, There's lots of different theories, but... The best I could tell is the Ouija board as we know it today was invented in the late 1800s by a con man, not a con man, a, he wasn't a con man, I would say like <laughs> a little bit of a shady business dude in Pittsburgh, which he was, I think it was Pittsburgh. He knew that the spiritist movement or spiritualist movement or whatever it was called was, was really taking off and he saw a way to capitalize on it. He wanted to make money. Right. So he hired a medium to tell him, like, talk to him, like, how can we do this? What can we make that would work? And he heard that there were these mediums. So at the time, the way you would communicate with the dead, there was a couple different ways. You could channel the dead is what a medium would do. And that that actually makes the most sense for medium to use the word. A medium, you know, is a way of communication. It's an in-between, a mediator. Or like you could say like a pen and paper is a medium. For communication, right? I mean,
1: media is just the plural of medium. I did not know that. Wow,
0: I never actually (laughs) put that together. So,
1: learn something new every day. Yeah, more you know.
0: Wow, mind's blown. And so, what they would do, they could just speak words, although that would come off as hokey, I think, to people, and they didn't believe it as quickly. Like, oh, you're not just speaking. Sometimes they would do what's called automatic writing, which people still do today, which is kind of hold a pen and allow the hand to move in a trance. Um, but the most popular way that they would speak to the dead was through knockings. So they would do the whole, like, two knocks for yes, three knocks for no, or whatever. or Spell out words, and it might be, like, kind of like old school T9 texting, if you remember mm-hmm. that. Those of you who had to hit, like, the the two button three times to get to see. Yep. Or whatever it was, or the one button, I guess it was, three times to get to see. Ah, uh, good times. Um, yeah, so, like, tap... This many times for this, and they would spell like out words, code. and that yeah, kind of, but I think they had their own ways of doing right. it, but that took a long time, and not everybody in the room could like keep up, and so these Ouija boards were starting to be used, or something like it, like a way to guide what was going on by these spiritists or these mediums, and he this guy I, I can't remember his name right now, I'm sorry, I had it, and then I closed the window <laughs> of what it was all right here's his name right here it is charles Kennard. he's the the creator of this and basically he didn't really believe in the spiritualism movement as much uh, but he saw it as a profitable business opportunity Uh, what's really crazy here is that he started this company with someone named ec reich who was a coffin maker An undertaker. (laughs) So kind of fits perfectly with (laughs) all the creepy, spooky season stuff. But he created this thing because, as we said, it was a lot easier to spell out a word with this planchette um, as that's what that thing's called that you put your hands on. And uh, that's a lot easier to spell out a word than lots of knocking and the Morse code kind of thing. So that's when it was created. It was sent out all over. There's actually a patent for it and it Kind of took off. It became like a Saturday evening fun thing to do. There's even a Norman Rockwell painting of them, of like a couple doing mm. a Ouija board. So it was kind of seen as like, oh, it's just regular old everyday stuff here, you know, contacting spirits. Yeah, interesting. So let's see. We've talked about seances, mediums, and the Ouija board. That tool. There's some other tools people use to talk to the dead, such as tarot cards. Um, tarot cards are kind of unique because there's a debate over what is guiding the tarot card. Mm. You know what I mean? Is it just I putting my thoughts into the deck and the deck is just revealing the energy I'm giving it? Or is it the dead? Or but, but they can be a way to talk to the dead.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of times you'll see them kind of in conjunction with like a medium or something like that. Sure, yep. Um, they're kind of like exactly. a tool that is used by a medium.
0: Yeah, and there's really not a there's tons of tools to talk to the dead and to talk to spirits i you know there's people use uh in some like voodoo th- circles they'll use like uh feathers or chicken bones mm. or blood even or they'll they'll gaze into things there's just there's no end to it the reason i picked ouija for us to talk about is just because it's so popular right it, it's such a popular thing that uh you can find in like the Milton Bradley aisle at the yeah. gr- at the uh, <laughs> the toy store, right? So you have like, oh, I can get checkers and I can get a Ouija board <laughs> and Monopoly, and so people Both think for it's the harmless. Whole family. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's not harmless. Yeah. Um I think one thing I haven't said is here's some. I just give us some more information about the Ouija board. It named itself, isn't that creepy? Yeah. So they asked it, "What is it called?" When they you know and did the thing, and it actually named itself Ouija. And then this is even creepier. The woman who was there, some of this is urban legend, I guess. Um, she was wearing a locket. And it had a, a picture of a woman in it. And behind the picture of the woman was the word Ouija written over her head. And nobody knows what that word means. Now, they asked they asked the Ouija board, what does that mean? And I think it was something like the truth or or something like that. Okay, but so it doesn't, you, beat me, it's not a, you
1: beat me to the punch on that one. Because I was going to ask, like, is it... Does it mean something in some like ancient language or something like that? Or
0: yeah, it's not like a known language that I could find. It sounds like it means the truth or something, according to the Ouija board.
1: Well, and because part of it is like I guess our Ouija or whatever. Because like yeah, why would it? The way it's spelled does not phonetically fit the English language. Really, I don't think right. So like, where is that derived from? Is my thought to that then? Like, how did they know? To, yeah. Although I guess with those that grouping of letters. I don't know how else you would make that sound yeah, you know, like it's just yeah. like a odd set of letters there.
0: Sure. The other thing that's pretty creepy about the Ouija board is, well, one, it does seem to work. Like I said, unfortunately and regret, regrettably, I have done it. That thing moves very smoothly. It does not move like you can actually tell the difference when when somebody is kind of pushing it around to get it to say the answer that so it does glide pretty well. I've never used it one. does.
1: They've. That's one thing I think we talked about in the ghost episode. Like, I'm not someone that was spooked too easily by this kind of stuff, but that one always creeped me out and I've never played with one.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, You should feel that way. And I did it once and felt creeped out afterwards.
1: But so it does glide along there pretty well. Like, it's not like you can tell that someone's not like pushing it around.
0: Yeah, it really does. Now, here's kind of let me give the the other side of the story, so to speak, is what a lot of skeptics would say is it's just like subconscious movements. I don't understand how that works when all of us are having the same subconscious movement. Like, cause you can have like five people touching it and it moves very smoothly. And you can tell when somebody's pushing it. Uh, cause the one time I did it, like I said, was regrettably. And someone was like, who has a crush on me? You know, that kind of stuff. It was yeah. like middle school. Right. And people wanted it to be like, well, I want Sally to have a crush on me. So I'm going to move it to make it say Sally. And you could feel it like, Oh, mm-hmm. you're pushing that. Stop. So yeah, so that, that's what they say it is, um, kind of like the skeptic view. Um, here's an interesting fact I found is it, it's conflicting, but I read one place that said about one to two thirds of the time, even when blindfolded, it works, hmm. which is super creepy to me, right? Like, so you, even if it was subconscious, how would you know where the letters are, you know, to, to make it work? Um, others said, no, it doesn't work too well when you're blindfolded, which would support the... The subconscious kind
1: of idea right like a little bit maybe also along with it as far as just like creepy stuff like i feel like i've seen like documentaries or little shows here and there where there's like repeatedly the same like entity speaking to people over and over again but it's people that wouldn't know to fake that you know what i mean as far as like yes who's talking to us and it i don't remember the name of the entity maybe you know from some of the research you did i just know that there's like Repeatedly as the same name of this demon or whatever that seems to come through on the Ouija board to people.
0: Yeah, so there is his name is Zozo, Z O Z O, tends to talk to everyone and he gets very uh, violent and mean and angry and aggressive. Hmm. Uh, people have horror stories. There's like whole, like now it's become a subculture. I think there's even a movie, like a B movie, about Zozo. Okay. Uh, based on the Ouija board but it's become a thing and it started that wasn't like in the beginning that's more recent that these well who knows so there's the idea of the internet lets you tell stories right and and get them out a lot yeah. better and so these people are telling these stories like I had I met this crazy demon named Zozo and it freaked me out and then somebody's like what did you say Zozo me too you know that kind right. of thing whereas that wasn't as easy to compare stories around the world Uh, Before the internet, but it does seem to be something that rose in the early two thousands. So that was really, really creepy too to me. Yeah, the the Ouija board's no joke. There, there's lots of stories out there of people, and again, these are all anecdotal. But I don't know how this would be anything but anecdotal. You can't really quantify it. Of people who start using a Ouija board, it really is enticing. Like I said, I did it. It's pretty fantastical. (laughs) Um, I don't know a better word for it. It's if it wasn't the spiritual element. It's kind of neat. I hate to say that word. I'm not trying to make it sound appealing, but do you know what I mean? Well, and I think it even
1: has, like, an aesthetic appeal to it. Like, I think it's a very, like, especially, like, the, I don't know if there's high quality or low quality ones. There are, yes. What I see as far as, like, in pop culture with it or, like, even, like, subculture, I guess. It's not really in pop culture, but yeah, it's a very attractive looking design. It's kind of that, like, gothic look to it that's very pretty, honestly. It's ornate and that sort of thing. So I can see being attractive in that sense of it you know what i mean so i I get what you're saying on that as far as like kind of draws you in alluring might be yeah there you go that's a good word yeah yeah it
0: makes you want to do it again and so people do start doing it and at first they they tend to have like good experiences i would say right like they're talking to maybe loved ones that Hmm. they miss or they're talking they're getting some advice from some spirit in the room you know because that's often how you do it like is there anyone here that would like to talk to us And then it starts moving, and it's creepy. And then as time goes on, they tend to have darker and darker experiences with this stuff. And start to have things like where these entities they were talking to start demanding things of them, or trying to tell them to do bad things, or start to get vulgar. They start to have dreams like outside of the time when they're on the Ouija board. Start to have like just really weird stuff kind of go around it, even stuff like... Outside of the Ouija board, people claim to have like the lights were flickering while they were using it, or they said like you're gonna die, and then there's even stories about like they said somebody's gonna die, almost like a horror movie, and then somebody does like mm. can't prove it's related, right, but kind of scary stuff, yeah, so Ouija boards are a no go <laughs> if <Yeah>. you're not <laughs> getting the the gist of this, so not lore induced <laughs> or not induced. yes uh <laughs> co- cosign's not the word, but endorsed that's what I was trying to say, endorsed, yes, yes, there we go, yeah, so. The, again, all of this is, an it, we're using all of this, the Ouija board, medium stances, in an attempt, not we, but people, uh, in an attempt to talk to the dead. So let's talk a little bit maybe on a grander scale and from a biblical view about talking to the dead. Or anything else you want to add kind of about anything be- before that?
1: No, I think kind of just the rest of the thoughts I have is more uh, our personal opinions on true, false, sure. hoax, not, you know, I mean, that sort of thing. So I'll hold that off till the end.
0: Yeah, so let's... If you want to jump into some Bible here. Some Bible, yeah. And let's look at some verses. We did read these. I went back and listened to our ghosts part one, but we'll hit them again. So I'll read them quickly. Deuteronomy eighteen ten through 12. And this is a, a, one place in the Old Testament. There's also, I think, in Leviticus and uh, multiple places in the Old Testament where it tells you not to do this. But it says, there shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering. Okay, that we can probably jive with that. <laughs> Anyone who practices divination, which is like sorcery, or tells fortunes, or interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or a charmer, or a medium, hello, or a necromancer, or one who inquires of the dead. A lot of these are used kind of synonymously. And so first thing I want to point out there is we would probably get, yeah, killing your children and offering them to an idol is a bad idea. But it lumps, the Bible lumps in visiting a medium or a necromancer in the same category. right? These are equally bad. Like, don't do these. Um, And then it says, for whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord, which is about as bad as you can get, right? Like, you are disgusting to the Lord.
1: Yeah, it's not taken lightly at all.
0: Yes. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. So it's hurting these people, right? He's saying, get these people out of your midst. They shouldn't even be found among you. So it's a really big deal in the Bible. That's interesting to me, the, the part about like, don't let them live here anymore. You know, this is now this is talking to the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel did have a slightly different set of re, or a different relationship to God than we do as the New Testament church, right? We can think of something. This is a whole, I don't want to get too complicated, but not <laughs> all of the law still applies to us today right? Like the civil law is not necessarily applied to us today. We don't have the same tax code that the Israelites did, right? right? Things like that. But, and so we don't always kick people out the same way. The punishment's not always the same for sin um, as far as like the earthly punishment as it was in the Old Testament, but the sins are still sins, right? right? Like still don't do this. And so I wanted to show that that was something into the New Testament. So this continued over. This is not one of those ceremonial laws that like eating right. shellfish that's been thrown out. Like, ah, that was Old Testament, but now you can do it, which is true about bacon, right? Like Christians, <laughs> you can enjoy your bacon to the glory of God. A couple reasons. One being that the Bible explicitly tells you that food is now clean. Yep. Uh, but also because that was not part of the moral law, yep. right? The things. But look at in Acts nineteen nineteen, it says this. That's the New Testament. It says a number of those. Uh, let me give the backstory. So the book of Acts, also called Acts of the Apostles, is the story after Jesus resurrected, went back to heaven. This is kind of like the first church is getting set up. And the apostles, the ones we think of, you know, Peter, Andrew, we could just keep naming, John, was John an apostle? Yeah, Um, all of those guys are, you know, walking around sharing the gospel. And it says, and a number of those who practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. And so this is after they spoke against idolatry and against sorcery. There was a magician. I don't know if it's the exact same story. I can't remember that they drove out because this magician wanted to do more magic with using God, just like he used the demons. And so in light of their preaching, though, they bring everything out and burn it. Right, these are converted people who have become Christians, and they are basically, I mean, 50,000 pieces of silver? That sounds like a lot of money today, right? Like, <laughs> they are giving this stuff up at great personal cost. It's supposed to tell you these things were not good to have, right? Like, it doesn't just say, yeah, they kept them as a cute little relic and just promised not to read them anymore.
1: Yeah, and it was probably a huge part of their life if it was that yes. abundant. Like, this was a major part of their culture and their day-to-day life that they are turning from exactly
0: so this tells us that this was a big deal not to be taken lightly so continuing on from the old testament to the new testament and can we just call talking to the dead what it is necromancy that's like the big fancy word but that sounds a lot more evil than oh i'm just doing a ouija board or seeing a say going to a seance you know yeah i have a couple more bible places so well that's the first part it's just don't do it And we said this in the ghost passage or the ghost podcast a lot. I don't think the Bible tells us or God tells us not to do things that we can't do or that are impossible, right? Like, or at least that don't work in whatever way we want to define work, right? So they're saying, don't do this because it's really dangerous and leads to bad things. They're not saying, God doesn't say, don't do this because you're just gonna be wasting your time, right? Right. So that's important to note. It's it's a big deal to God. It's not like, well, that's silly. Like, I don't tell my kids, like, hey, stop trying to make a potion that lets you fly when they're playing with, like, ketchup and water and whatever. You know, like, all kids right. did that at the table when you're a kid. Or, or stop trying to make uh, pies out of grass and mud. Right. Because I know you're not going to make a pie out of that. Right? Like, I don't tell them that. I do say stop making a potion using chemicals and cleaners <laughs> because you might die. Right? Because you might actually do something dangerous there right? There might be a result that you didn't intend to have. So that's the first thing. Second, they burnt these physical objects. And first Corinthians chapter 10, Paul suggests that idols, other, other places in the Bible, he makes fun of people who worship idols in like a, to expose them. And he says, oh, look, you're just, you use one piece of stone to make an ax. And then you use that ax to make a to make a idol and you act like that's God. It's just this thing made of stone. How can that help you? It can't even talk. can't do anything. So he mocks them. But other places he does say, he basically suggests that, suggests that these aren't just wooden stone. The The idol itself is, but those, those idols are associated with some kind of demon or power. Right? And ancient people weren't stupid. They didn't think like, right. the actual idol you made of a cow was powerful in of itself. They represented a god or a demon or a spirit that imbued it. Yeah, that imbued it, right? And so they're trying to do that. So I think there is biblical precedent for our stuff attracting bad things, right? So like a Ouija board, like a tarot card. Again, get rid of those Christians. Like literally burn them or throw them out. Like get rid of them. Don't give them away to somebody else to use. Get rid of it. So there's that. I guess the next thing to look at is what happens when we die. And we talked about this a little bit again in the ghost passage, but I don't think that the Bible gives a category for dead people to be listening to us, right? Like I don't think they're fly or at least in a way that they can interact with us. There is Mm -hmm. some debate over, like, it says we have a cloud of witnesses watching us uh, when we, you know, as we go about this, like maybe, the saints that died before us. And by saints, I just mean followers, not like some kind of title saint. Right. Because we're not Catholic. But there, maybe they are cheering us on, right? And they get to see some highlights of what happens on earth. I don't know. That's, um, <laughs> Watch but our I
1: top tens up there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's true, though, because there's a story in Luke that sometimes gets called a parable. I don't think it's a parable. Jesus is teaching. Uh, He does give a parable and then he talks about some different things like divorce and uh, the kingdom of God. And then he tells this story about a rich man and Lazarus. And you may have heard this story before. One of the reasons I don't think it's a parable is he doesn't say this was a parable at the beginning. He doesn't, he, he gives a name to one of the characters, which never happens in any of the other parables that Jesus tells. And, but here's the story. He says, even if it is just a parable. I think it tells us about what it's like when we die. He says there was this really rich guy who wore all these good clothes and ate over ate basically, and at his gate there was this poor man named Lazarus who had sores all over his body, and he wanted to be fed and he asked for money and or food and basically the poor man died, but he was a faithful man. He was righteous, and he got to go it says to Abraham's bosom. That's a whole episode for another day. But basically, He's dead in the land of the dead, but in a good place. That's what Abraham's bosom, at least, at the very least, we can all agree on that. Right. Then the rich man dies, and he's buried, and he goes to Hades. Hades is just the realm of the dead, but he's in torment. But he, in some way, they look up, and we're going to go to this verse whenever we talk about Sheol and Hades, but they see each other far away, right? Like, they're looking at each other, and it says this. I'll read from the text in Luke. Uh, What chapter is this? Luke 16. It says, he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am in anguish in in this flame. So he knows this is where Abraham lives, Abraham the patriarch. But Abraham says something back to him, child, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, Lazarus received bad things, and now he is comforted here and you're in anguish. And Here's the part. and besides all of this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able and none may cross from there to us. So he's saying good people go here, bad people go here and you there's no overlap, right You can't come to us if we're good or vice versa. And then he says this so that that's already telling us there's two options when you die. there's this spot, a. good things. Spot B, bad things. And nobody goes from one to the other. So there's two options. Right. And then in verse 27, he said, I beg you, father, to send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers so that he may warn them lest they come to this place of torment. So he's saying, let him go talk like as a ghost, right? He's saying, go tell him. I want the ghost of Lazarus to go tell my brothers that nothing that they need to fix their, they need to change or they're going to end up in hell like me. And, you know, you would think if there's ghosts, if ghosts are real one, it already tells us something. Why doesn't the rich man go himself? I don't know. You know, like he, he doesn't think he's able to go, but when maybe we say, but the, but the, the good people can. And so he's asking Lazarus to do it. And he said, Abraham said, they had Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Um, and he said, no, Father Abraham, but if somebody goes to them from the dead, they'll repent. And he said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. So he doesn't even entertain it as like, yeah, they're going to go talk to him as right. a ghost or eh, we're not. We're going to choose not to do that. He just says, no, I'm not. We're not doing that. We don't do this. You have the you have the prophets. You have the Bible, uh, basically. And so there's no need for someone to come back from the dead to tell them. And so I think this verse is very clear that when you die, you end up in torment or at in peace and joy, right? And nobody comes back to tell about right. it. So I think that's really important. Any thoughts on any of that stuff so far, Brother Evan?
1: Uh, I mean, are you ready to start jumping into kind of our personal views, kind of summarize what we've been talking about? Is there anything else you want to hit yet before we dive into that? Yeah,
0: I think we can talk about what uh, our own personal thoughts are. Why don't you go first, Dev? What are you thinking?
1: All right. So, I think, kind of similarly to ghosts, I think probably a majority of it is fake. I think it's a lot of, like, when it comes to mediums and stuff like that, I think a lot of that is people that are kind of pulling one over. Yeah, on, like con men. Exactly. Con on women, vulnerable yeah. people that are just looking to get comfort. Yes. Um, And so, I think. That there's a lot of people out there that are taking advantage of that. Um, and I think that's pretty terrible in itself. I think a lot of seances are the same thing. And I think a lot of the stuff back in the day was people faking it as well. I mean, that's like a historical thing now when you go and do tours of these houses where you can see the different instruments they use to do some of the tapping and to mm-hmm. do stuff like that. Like there was stuff built into the tables to make them shake and stuff like yep. that. Uh, so I think there was a lot of stuff that was just, like you said, common, uh, call it what you want just trying to get money out of people i think a lot of times even with ouija boards i think they're dangerous and so i don't think it's worth the risk but i think a lot of people fake that too like you said like middle schoolers just pushing around to get what they want out of it um so i am very skeptical of most of these things but i do think for the few times that it can be real it's not worth it at all to even mess with it because i think that there is even if it's 1% of the time being real, that's too much to be involved in uh, because I don't think it is, like we've talked about uh, several times, I don't think it's your dead relative coming to comfort you. I think it is probably a spirit or a demon or a bad entity of some sort, whatever you want to call it, but I think it's a demon coming and deceiving. Now, whatever their agenda is, I don't want to find out because it's not good. Um, So that's kind of where I land on it that 90% 90% of the time it's faked and then the other little bit it is real but it's not what you think you're getting yourself into so I think it's people getting themselves involved in something that they weren't kind of bargaining for they weren't ready to uh, kind of pay the price of yeah I think it's just like we've said several times I don't need to beat a dead horse with it but it's just not worth messing with for that to be the case it's not a child's toy <laughs> is what it comes down to for me the Ouija board um and it's not worth spending your money with a medium because it's either you're wasting it on someone that doesn't know what they're talking about Mm -hmm. that's just faking you out and taking advantage of you or again they're speaking with spirits that they shouldn't be yeah what about you what are your uh, thoughts pastor and just kind of to sum it up
0: very similarly i think a lot of them are we said this with ghosts i think too like either just mistakes like oh i think that it was my like seeing it's kind of like contacting maybe not necessarily is the word there um but like i had a dream about my grandma who Hmm. passed and she said something to me and you know it's kind of misinterpretation i don't think you actually talk to your grandma necessarily there but it made you feel good and you you know she told me this thing so i contacted some people really do think that they're contacting them i think that's just a dream Uh, probably things like that. Like, I think there are explanations for some of it. Sure. I also think most of it is con like a con of some kind. Uh, Harry Houdini actually exposed a ton of these, a a ton of people, you know, doing the knocking, like you said, or someone in another room or, or whatever. But besides that, I do think there is a truth to it. I think there are people that have real experiences. The Bible seems to sense that something's possible when you do that and I'm not going to tell the story of Samuel again, but we did that last time. You know, there there is at least one time where it works, where they pull up uh, a medium right. does speak to someone who is dead. So I think that there are real experiences, but I think because I don't think that there's an alternative to heaven or hell when we die. And I don't think you come back from those to talk and interact with the world based on that parable, or I don't think it's a parable. I think Jesus is actually telling us a real story about something that happened in the netherworld, I think that what we are contacting is not a dead person. It is a spirit of some kind and an evil one because we're told not to talk to him. God wouldn't say, Hey, I don't want you to talk to angels. Actually angels come and talk to us. We're not supposed to seek them out, right? They come and talk to us. Um, And I think part of the reason we don't seek them out is because we could be deceived, right? Like we could be (laughs) tricked. Uh, The Bible uses this word familiar spirits quite a bit. And there's a little bit of confusion what it might mean, but we know at the very least it's a spirit who regularly interacted with a medium or somebody like that. I think those familiar spirits personally could deceive people and look like whoever they want to look like, Mm. right? Like you might, they might say, I'm so-and-so's great aunt who wants to talk to you about something. Interestingly enough, I learned this amongst my research, is that mediums often use a a spiritual go-between to talk to the dead. So, they'll say, like, I'm talking to this spirit. Can you go ask this of Johnny's dad? Ask him how he's doing. Or have you seen Johnny's dad? And they'll have, like, a familiar spirit that they talk to regularly. That's
1: almost creepier to me.
0: Way creepier. (laughs) And so, I think that there is truth sometimes to what these people are doing. And I think that it's very wicked and evil. And so,
1: I think we shouldn't do it. Well, and I think, to what you're saying is, too, like, I think one of the ways that people can be deceived in that is there's such a and I don't know where this comes from maybe you have a little more background than I do on it but like the idea and we kind of touched on a little bit but of like our dead relatives looking over us and they're here with us in everything we do and you know what I mean like oh your grandfather he's watching you do that smiling about whatever your greatest accomplishment is in school or hey he was out there with you on the baseball field when you threw that uh, third strike today because he was a pitcher too like I don't know where that comes from and why people feel yeah. that way like I don't think that's a very biblical take on anything sure. you know what I mean for a Christian but I feel like there are a lot of Christians that will say those kind of things of oh he's watching over you now or he's watching he's taking care of you or she is you know what I mean like yeah and I just I don't know where that stems from but anyway long story short on that I think that's why a lot of people can fall into the temptation of wanting to go to a Medium, or yeah, that they are so open to saying, Oh, they talked to me, or I was able to talk to them, is because this is such a I don't know if it's cultural or what it would be. It's in our pop culture, it's in every TV show you watch, or anything like that. Or, but again, you see it all over Facebook when someone passes away, or it's yeah, just she's
0: your angel now watching yeah, over you, yeah. And like I that. think
1: it just makes everyone very susceptible to falling into, Oh, they yeah. really did talk to me, that's who it was. There's no way a demon was deceiving me in that,
0: yeah. and. I think a lot of that comes down to the fall, right? Like death was never supposed to be here in the perfect creation, right? That's a result of sin. And we don't want death to be final. We right. also know somewhere internally, the Bible says that it's not final. We know It says eternity is written on our hearts. So we know like instinctually that people continue on after death, like something about them continues. But we don't want to be separated from them.
1: Yeah, I guess that's a big part of it. We don't want them to be gone.
0: Right. And I think it's hard for us to accept. We actually are separated from them. That's the that's why Christians mourn death too, right? right. Even though I know when a believer dies, they are in a better place. Literally, I'm not just using that as a cliche. They are with right. the Lord. I It's still sad because it's not supposed to be that way where they're there and I'm not, right? Like we're separated we are, we have a chasm between us in many ways. And so I think we want to, that not to be true. Um, and so we look for ways and, and, and listen, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad if they, yeah, like,
1: yeah. I don't, I didn't mean for that to sound harsh. And, no, like, I cold.
0: don't think it was. I, I think it's true. And, you know, and I don't know, there might be God's grace in some of this stuff. Like I hear stories regularly about somebody, their grandpa is dying and they have a dream that night where the grandpa comes and says goodbye. And I think, there's a family member of ours that had a story like Mm -hmm. that. And they said, I have to go and, but I'm okay. And it's a believer and a believer, like two believers, you know, or something like that. And like, maybe God does give the grace. You know, I don't think that's outside of God's word because you didn't seek it out. That person came in a dream, maybe, and God, maybe it really was them, or maybe it was just God giving you some assurance and giving you some grace and saying, Hey, I just want you to know, like, it's okay. I've had people that I know who say like, I was at There was just this sign. It kind of felt I wasn't seeking anything, but just kind of felt like in an indescribable way that that person was with Jesus and was kind of with me. I don't know. I don't think they were literally thinking they're there, like in the room or something. And they're not seeking a contact. It was just more of like a soul level assurance, like, Mm. oh, that person's good. You know, they're in heaven. We just don't want to make too much out of those. I'm not saying God doesn't do that, but I'm also not saying we should be sure that he does, if that makes sense right? Like, yeah, and I don't want us to build a theology on that. What we should build a theology on is God's word. God's word says, like, don't seek those things out, right? Like, don't go looking for that kind of thing. And I would be really leery if, like, your aunt comes and talks to you regularly, you know, like, yeah, happens with Lady Gaga, you know, like, I would be starting to worry, is this really that person or is it a spirit? And, seek god you have a holy spirit living in you all the time that's a big thing i wanted to talk about too like you don't need to seek those spirits you have a perfect spirit living in you if you're a christian uh, the holy spirit who's ironically called the holy ghost in <laughs> different times in you in uh, english language right like the holy ghost and so you don't need to seek out the the spirit of your lost loved one so um i did want to also and if you unless you have something else to say brother no, I'm no sorry. go ahead. I did want to remind people that this is why it's so important that you're right with Jesus, um, that yeah. you've trusted in Christ, is there are only two options when we die, and they're permanent. Uh, when you die, you will live forever, but it will be eternal life and joy and peace with God forever, uh, even reigning with him, it says, or it will be eternal death. And I don't mean like, I think it's conscience death. It's not like I just stop existing. Um, it's eternal Suffering and torment, as this word that we read in Luke says. And there's not a do over at that point. You don't say, Oh man, I really should, Christ or Jesus, can you just, I'm sorry. No, there's like a judgment and it's final. And so we want people to trust in Christ. That's the only way that you can get to that everlasting joy is through trusting Christ to pay the penalty for your sins. And if you've done that, we want you to reach out to us, find a local church that can help you learn what it's like to be a Christian and follow Jesus. But don't miss that. Don't hear us say, "Oh, it's not real." Okay, so there's nothing after this life. No, there's something very real after this life. Yeah. It's just not you get to haunt your house and talk to your loved ones through seances. That's
1: what I'm trying to say.
0: Anything to wrap us up, brother Evan?
1: Um, do you want to hit us with uh hit the listeners with our socials and our yeah. Thank you. Email I always and... forget that. I'm not
0: I'm not a good <laughs> self marketer. Uh, lots of things you can hit us up on, but uh, we do have a Twitter, Liturgy and Lore. I don't use that as much as I should. Facebook is the one I use the most. Liturgy and Lore on there. Facebook.com slash Liturgy and Lore. Everything is spelled out. We don't use the ampersand. We're anti-ampersand. Not really, but um, helps you remember. And you can email us at liturgyandlore at gmail.com. Email us if you have questions. Email us if you want to know more. Email us if you have a really good topic you want us to talk about. Email us if you... Or want to be a guest on our show and you have an area of expertise any of those
1: things we email us love if you to want to say them. hi and just interact with us
0: yeah <laughs> leave us some reviews we're on anywhere you find podcasts especially spotify and itunes are kind of the two big ones spotify lets you answer some questions and interact with us a little bit right there on the platform too yep. so yeah those are our socials we like i said i engage i run the socials for the most part i engage the most on facebook because i'm old so jump on there if you want to follow us and
1: but uh, if you are hashtag Brother Evan, uh, I might have to get a little more active on there. So let yeah, me know. Hashtag
0: Team Pastor Andy, or I'm a Pastor Andy guy. You could go there. We're wrestling fans. So if you know Paul Heyman guys, we can say I'm a Pastor Andy guy or a Brother Evan guy. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got, though. I think I hit them all.
1: Awesome. Well, as always, thanks, Roblo.